What's going on, Radio Free Us Van listeners, and welcome to episode 131 of the Radio Free Us Van podcast, a wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Go say what's going on, Derek. What's good, everybody? And we also have powerful Ryan. Say what's up, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Man, why are those shelves still in your... I just realized, like, you still got shelves back there. I feel like all of that should have been moved to the gaming barn at this all point. All that's eBay shit. That's all stuff going on eBay. Oh, it's your eBay shelves now. Oh, my goodness. What's on there? What's on the racks <laughs> for the eBay shelves before you start? I got, I got Dust stuff, Forge World stuff, Battlefleet Gothic stuff, um, 40K stuff, War Machine stuff, Old Fantasy stuff. Shit, I don't know. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> So you should just put little price labels on everything and then just like <laughs> sell it in your battle barn. Like when people come in, I'm pretty sure they'd be like, oh, that's for yeah, I've already offered it to all my friends. None of them want it. We've went over this on the show. It's like. I have a legit Forge World Castigator and a legit Forge World Thunderbolt, right? And right. I will sell them at the old Forge World price, which is like 75% of the new Forge World price. And people tell you you're insane for asking that much. But then when you make fun of Forge World prices, all the white knights come out of the woodwork and yell at you and tell you how great Forge World is and how they're you shouldn't whine about their pricing and you need to support the company. I'm like, how dare you, sir? How can we hold both of these ideas at the same time? I'm really confused. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't. Like I, I said, never I, will. I've had models that are pro-painted that I've tried to sell that are legit, and it's the same way. And I also have items that are new in the bag. So, Because I've had people say, well, once you paint it and put it together, you, you know, you've ruined it, regardless of how well it's painted. So, I mean, all these commissioned painters out there, I guess, need to get the memo that they're devaluing the stuff by charging money for people to paint things, I guess. I don't know. I'm confused on that. And then... But on the flip side, even if it's still brand new in the bag and you're still like asking 25% less, people still think you're asking too much. <laughs> There's no right answer, Ryan. There's no right answer. The yeah. only thing I've seen so far, even relatively close to keeping its value, and I only think it's because the shit's so hard to get, is uh, dust premium models. Like those yep. seem to like hold yep. really good value for some reason. And I'm yep. just like, Fuck. well, it's like, it's for example, like, uh, like the Marine War Dogs? Like if somebody had... What are they... I think they're what? Like 50 bucks retail? 50 for, bucks, yeah. Yeah. I would bucks. literally pay somebody probably $75 for one right now just because I need one more squad to fucking finish my army. I saw it was 50 bucks and I saw that dude was selling it for 45 and you're like, yeah, I'll take that. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. Like, this is yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. I bought it and was like, fool, he could have got 75 out of me. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 crazy. It's crazy. And like some of that stuff, like I think because uh, I brought I bought the uh, premium uh, KV. 47, KV 47. Is the KV 47 the. It's the Russian Walker that's based on the Wotan chassis with the two anti tank guns. Yeah, it's the one I thought it was it's one. Like, or, it's like 11 points or something like that. It's stupid. I, it's Twelve cheap. points. I know what it is, and it, all it has is the anti-tank guns. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like, I paid like pretty much like 
retail price for that only because that thing has been like out of print forever but it's still like premium still nicely painted and like it's like it's like man this stuff just holds its value so well (laughs) like these premium models yeah well i mean and that's like the market it's like what they sell it for it's what other people sell it for it's pretty easy to seems to be pretty easy to get your money back on that like you said for real but anyway, we got a pretty good episode for you guys today. We're going to talk a lot about Ryan's uh, 3D printing event that he had going on there. Uh, we're going to kind of do like a roundtable, talk about how everybody's doing, see what we've all been up to. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we've got some email stories that we're going to go over. And then that should pretty much be the episode. KV152. KV152. That's right. Damn, I can't believe I couldn't remember that. I love that thing. I put Kashka cool. in there like all this. Something happened. Your sound went away. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Oh, now I can. Oh, sorry. I said I put Kashka in there and then it just went away. Yeah, put Kashka in there all the time. So who wants to start off with what they've been up to? Let's go, Derek, because I feel like Derek's, I feel like yours would be less than Ryan's. Yeah, uh. So I got me an Anycubic i3 Mega, and I've just been printing up a bunch of shit with it. That reminds me. I've yeah. got to start printing something right now. Oh, yeah, just throw it up from your computer like that. That's right. You got that Raspberry Pi server. Yeah, I'm right. Octoprint. Good. But, yeah, got that set up. And like I said, I've just been churning stuff out, figuring out what works, what doesn't work. Uh, I've been doing some research. There's plenty of people on, like, YouTube that say you can totally print 28-millimeter models and get good quality out of them. With stuff like that, with the uh, the Ender 3, you know, anything with like a 0.4 millimeter nozzle. And so I've been trying a few different profiles they've got set up with varying degrees of success. The Probably the best thing I've found for getting good quality is pretty much just Rust-Oleum filler primer. <laughs> Derek also just like went whole hog and was like, fuck it, I'm gonna try printing stuff without supports. <laughs> and then it just like he has these like insane bases with like overhanging horns that are like hanging over like I can't even I don't I don't know, like yeah, four yeah. inches. <laughs> Not that much. Probably like two inches horn hanging over like at a downward angle that just printed somehow. Well, there's like ridges on the bottom I, and I didn't see those and I was like, I could probably print this without supports. And started printing it. And I'm like, wait a fu- wait a fucking minute. How does? Oh shit. So I don't I don't know. I'm having more success than I thought I would in some areas, but I'm also having a few failed prints and just trying to learn how to use different kinds of uh, like different kinds of build plate adhesion techniques. Should have come to the class, man. I got some knowledge I can drop on you just on I, this episode. That'll blow I your ma- mind. Dude, I imagine I'm gonna leave this episode a changed man. Yep. Yeah. Started using rafts and stuff, trying to figure out when I can, when I don't need to. But yeah, Never. just throw myself. Well, I mean, it's already improved. I've got one print <laughs> going right now that the raft has kind of changed a failed print to what might be a successful print. We'll see. It's because that glass bed. I'm not a fan. Yeah, maybe. The glass bed. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Thought I was a fan, not a fan. Who has a glass bed? The i3 Mega comes stock with one of those tempered glass beds, does it not? No, it comes with the any cubic base. 
Yeah, the ultra base. It's like glass with the black shit in it. Oh, I didn't. I don't think it's glass, but it might be. Could I don't, no, it's not glass. No, it's well, like a. It then it's probably like uh enamel, probably like a. It's not glass, but I don't, I don't know. know what you're saying. But the the any cubic base, you don't like it. It's okay. I think just the cheesy like plastic fucking thing that you clip on with paper clips or whatever works the best of anything that I've tried. Stand for. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, printed out some like terrain for Kingdom Death. I wish I'd brought it with me. Shit. But uh, is that the stuff that's on a uh, Thingiverse? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's one of those good. like giant stone faces, and uh, it's like the first thing I printed outside from the test models. And yep. so it was before I started messing with like any of the like the layer height or anything like that. Just cranked one of those out, uh, hit it with some like brushes, like wire brushes, trying to smooth it out a little bit. It was like still had really bad stepping and stuff like that. But then I hit it with like three coats of uh, filler primer because it's just terrain. It doesn't need like a whole lot of detail. And any detail fine enough to be covered up by the filler primer is probably too fine of detail for me to be printing just yet. So that actually smoothed it out pretty well. Like I showed it to Michael, he didn't even realize it was 3D printed. He told me it was Kingdom Death Terrain, and I thought, oh, like I was kind of like, cool, thanks for, <laughs> nice. thanks, thanks for showing me your terrain. Like coated it and threw some washes on it. Cool. I've seen I've seen your Kingdom Death models. I don't know why you're waiting months afterwards to bring me your terrain. <laughs> But sure. <laughs> and then he's like, and then like I'm holding it. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's eat. And then he's like, casually mentions, he's like, yeah, no, printed that up. And I was like, what? I was like, you fucking printed this? Like, I couldn't believe like how smooth he got it with that filler primer in there. It looked beautiful. It looked oh, yeah. gorgeous. I swear by that shit. Yep, it works good. Aside from that, just trying to figure out what all I want to bring to Adepticon. Probably going to bring my Night Lords. I don't know if I'm going to bring my Wolves, though. But yeah, that's pretty much me. Sounds like a good time, buddy. Oh, yeah. Been having a good time with that. I'm about to print this fucking skull. The CFD skull. Badass. Do it. But I uh, still been doing my whole competition barbecue thing. Nice. How's that going? Uh, it's going great, man. It's going fantastic. Uh, I was telling Ryan yesterday that I get like super obsessed with stuff. I think most people who listen to this podcast know that, like when I get my head into something, like it, uh, it, it stays like that for a while, it's and I will, hog. I go whole whole hog. You being my friend for a while, I feel like you would also know that. Oh yeah. So anyway, uh, so this past weekend, man. I went to well, actually not this weekend. The weekend before last, I went to uh, Quero's Turkey Fest Rage and Cajun Barbecue Cookoff, and I actually have a funny story if you guys want to like if you want me to sidebar for let me sidebar for a second. Yeah, always time for a funny story. <laughs> so anyway, so Quero is like a country town. Uh, it is about. 30 minutes away from Victoria and it's not too far from other towns that are like exceptionally racist. And so when I went to this cook off, man, uh, they have this thing called a cook's meeting 
And so I, I walk into the cook's meeting and I look and it's like, uh, it's basically like a cafeteria, if you can imagine, uh, except what they've done is they've taken all the tables and they've made like a giant C around the cafeteria to have an opening in the middle. And every single table is filled in, in this cafeteria with people, uh, except for this one table in the middle, which has two black dudes at it who are like just sitting there and nobody's sitting with them. And I don't know anybody there. And so I was like, man, it's fucked up. But I'll go sit with those guys. I'll go chat them up, see what they're up to. And so I go sit, sit down and I start, you know, it's like, Hey guys, what's going on? And they're like, Oh yeah, now we're here. Like we're, we're, we're not good enough to compete, but you know, we do like to come to these things and all this jazz. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Well then, um, do you remember, uh, Saturday night live where, um, they had that like comically big cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny cause it's, Bigger than a hat should be. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the week before that, or two weeks before that cook-off, I was cooking next to this guy um, who recognized me when he walked in to the into the 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 competition, and like it's an IBC san- IBCA sanctioned event, so like a lot of the same cookers that were at Victoria Livestock Show were at this event as well. So he recognizes me, walks in, looks at me, and then comes and sits with me. And you can tell this dude is straight up drunk already. Like this dude's lit <laughs> and he's got this giant cowboy hat on and he's just, he comes to that. He goes, Hey, how's it going, man? You know, da, da, da. and I'm like, nothing. I was like, you know, I was like, glad to see you here. I was like, you're going to, you know, you're going to have a good time. And then he looks at my two new buddies, David Randall and Adam. And he goes, I know why y'all are here. He goes, y'all are here to cook gumbo. <laughs> Cause there's a gumbo cook off. And immediately, my heart sank. I was like, "Oh, I was shit. like, man, it's like that was hella racist." <laughs> like, I don't really, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. But like, his face immediately, like, because those two guys, like, you could tell that they were like, "This guy just said this to our <laughs> face," and then you could tell he realized what he said, and he goes. Because y'all whooped my ass last year with y'all's gumbo. He's like, y'all some y'all really good at cooking gumbo. I remember y'all from last year. And they're like, oh, yeah, we did come last year. We did take grand champion last year in gumbo. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> nice recovery, <laughs> sir. Crisis averted. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, oh, oh, thank God. I was, I was like, that almost got really racist. <laughs> I was like, oh. So, so yeah, so they did, uh, they, so I told them, I said, Hey, I will give y'all 20 bucks for a bowl of that gumbo. Cause I'm curious what grand champion gumbo tastes like. And what they ended up doing is they go to every competition they could find that has a gumbo cook off and they just go apparently win it. And I'll be honest, man, I was real disappointed in the gumbo, but <laughs> You know, like you, you think. <laughs> I'll be honest, they went everywhere, but it's still shit. <laughs> it was, it was still pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, they're like world champion cooking cat shit over there. Like it's the cat shit world championships. I mean, yeah, they have the best cat shit, but it's still cat shit, right? Yeah, I was, was kind of like, man, this is not. I, I expected to like immediately, like I don't know. Like shit my pants. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Like I, he handed me my bowl. He gave me gumbo. He gave me my dad gumbo. 
And I was like, here we go, boys. Life will not be the same after this moment. And I was like, oh, that's bland. That's real bland. <laughs> what <laughs> in the fuck? That's, a, that's, like, that's like dirty water. Well, where's where's the gumbo at though for real <laughs> like are y'all fucking with us are y'all fucking with us because that dude was racist earlier like are y'all giving me your your trash gumbo so you try and throw the throw the uh throw your competitors off you give them this gumbo so they know what to aim for i don't know man it wasn't good it was good they're good people though they're really good people but uh so anyway yeah i went to that cook-off uh, two cookoffs ago, I know we didn't talk about it last time was the Victoria County Livestock Show. I got ninth place in my uh, in my dessert, my crumble, my multi-berry crumble. I didn't get any places anywhere else. I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, Powerful Will was there the entire time, and that he was. He 100% dude kept me on schedule. Uh, I did have timer set up on my phone, but having Will there, I'm pretty sure Will left there with a pretty good idea of how to replicate my brisket and my ribs and all that jazz. Uh, but I had a place. I didn't do anything there. And then this two weekends ago was the Quero Turkey Fest. And that shit was uh, man, dude, like, you had my ribs, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So you had my ribs, right? Great fucking ribs. Let me tell you, let me tell you a little story about these ribs here, okay? So... I made those ribs at the Victoria Livestock Show, and I get a calling. Like the way it works is, uh, you're robbed. They go first through tenth place, and then the next five places, which are tenth through fifteenth, they call it final table, and they give you a placing in there, but you don't get like a certificate or anything like that. Um, so I was expecting at least to get final table with my ribs, right? Because like in my heart, they were on point. Like it was like I tried other people's ribs, whatever. Uh, so this time around, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna change anything because I was exceptionally happy with the ribs I made last week. I was like, let me just try them in a different area and all this stuff. And so I basically made the exact same style pork ribs that I made at Victoria Livestock Show. Um, but this time around, I had my uh, my dad's buddy was like parked next to me in my cook-off at the cook-off and so i made my ribs and like i made six racks of ribs and like it's like i made three at victoria livestock show i made six this time so i could have like beautiful perfectly cut ribs like i like i made six racks because you need to turn in nine pieces and so like i made six racks so i could at least pull like two from each rack or one from each rack like the best two. the best possible fucking like fat ass rib that you could get like everyone like i was i was doing what they call a a hollywood cutting them where like you basically sacrifice two ribs next to it oh, yeah. so they just get yeah. like stupid fat meat <laughs> yeah and so you just got these like super fat like baby ribs <laughs> it's like no possible way that like you could get all these from the same rack you made nine different racks <laughs> yeah so i hollywood cut all these ribs man and they were just like <laughs> like like fat children and so i go turn in and then as I'm coming back, the plate doesn't even close. It, dude, like it closed. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. This thing was like 94% rib. Like there was 6% air in there. Solid meat. Maybe. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so I go turn in and my plate's beautiful. Like everything, uh, like I tasted them. I'm like, dude, this is fantastic. These are great ribs. 
I'll go turn this in. They were super fucking like I, I found out last week that or the week before for that competition that they taste everything on these like like the thinnest plastic knives you can have. It's what they end up like tasting these on. So when they're like eating your rib, they have to like shave off your rib with this like garbage ass like knife. Which the I can't. Cheapest knife they can possibly. The find. cheapest knife they could possibly find. Like so cheap, we can't even find them. Yeah, it, it has to be at like you pick them up at like some old lady's house who's pressing them out like on plastic. She's like press molding them. I don't know, but too cheap to sell at Walmart. Cheap, mostly Saran wrap. Like this is what these knives are made of. So anyway, um, I go turn my plate in, and I'm walking back, and I was like, perfect. Like those ribs. They're fat, they're juicy, they're tasty. We're going to have a good time, boys. And so I make it back to my little area, and my neighbor, Dustin, he goes, hey, man, would you like to try my ribs? And I said, yeah. So these are the ones you turned in? He goes, yeah, man, give them a try. And I said, hmm, this is pretty good. They weren't. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like i was like yeah okay cool you should and try then, the scumbo <laughs> yeah dude yeah. you'd be in the same page boys and so i was like oh wow i was like that's not good that's okay though like they taste it straight up tasted like i was eating butter like that's what it kind of like that's the flavor i got out of it like grease and mm. butter and so my me and my dad were eating it and I had to tell them, I was like, hey, man, like, don't take this personally, but I've been eating, like, food all morning. I've been eating barbecue all morning, taste testing my stuff, so I can't eat any more barbecue. So, like, you know, I can't eat any more of your rib. Like, it's not that it's not good. It's, you know, it wasn't, but I like, <laughs> I had to lie to him to be a I, nice guy. I, I can't eat any more of this rib. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> so, anyway, so... I said, hey, guys, I just cooked six racks, <laughs> and I've got some – oh, there's the spork. Uh, I, so I was, like, I've, uh, I was like, I've got six racks of ribs in there. I don't want them to go to waste. Would you like to try my turn in? And he goes, that's why I offered you my rib because I saw how much work you put into your ribs, and I honestly I wanted to try it like really bad. And I was like, oh, he's done, sir. And so I walk inside. That's all you had to say. And he, like I got them like eight ribs, <laughs> like four a piece, like just the like the like the rudest level of ribs you could give somebody who just gave you one rib. It's like, hey, I know you're gonna want more, so here's <laughs> you know here's four a piece. And so I go give it to him, and he takes a bite, and he goes, "Fuck, dude!" <laughs> like <laughs> he goes, "Okay, I know what we were supposed to do." Like. That's that's like I didn't know that ribs could taste like this. And like I feel like I feel OK, like if you could like write down what you did so I can do this because like I kind of saw how you trimmed it. I saw what you were doing. Like I saw your technique and all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, I would love to make ribs like this for my family. And like I'm like, yeah, dude, absolutely. And I was like, let me go give some to uh, uh, to uh uh, my buddies over here who make gumbo, uh, David Randall's. Like, Let me go get and give him some because he gave me gumbo. I'm going to give him some ribs. I'm going to see how he likes them and all this stuff. And then so I go to David, and I was like, David. And he's like, would you would you like some ribs? He goes, I would love some ribs. And he's like, 
fuck. <laughs> like, he's like, man, because I wish, I wish I've made our ribs this good. And like, he like, sincerely, he's like, you know, he's like, dude, he's like, this is, he goes, this is really good. Like, I, like, I would like to know like how you did this and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I hope these guys aren't just being like super nice to me and these are trash, but like you were doing not five minutes. Yeah, ago. like exactly. Like, you know, it's like, man, like I really hope they're being sincere, but you know, well, I mean, if they're asking for the recipe, that's gotta be, yeah. Well, we'll no, we never know. We'll never know. So anyway, it comes time for like, for, for a calling, like they're calling us to like to tell us how we did and shit. Right. Yeah. And so they do it on this number system, which is like a ticket. And they call your ticket and all this stuff. And so I'm sitting there and they're, they get to, you know, seventh place and then they go to sixth, right? And they call a number and Dustin shoots out of his chair and Dustin walks at sixth place. He got motherfucking sixth place ribs. Oh, and I was like, oh my God. And my dad looks at me and my dad goes, holy fuck, dude. Like you have to be there in like, you know, third place or like something like that. Like you're fucking, you have to be up there. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, and my mom, she's there and she's like, she's like, Dustin got sixth place. Like, you're in the money. Cause, like, fifth and up, you're, you're like, you get paid for. And, uh, they didn't call my ribs. Bullshit. I didn't even get final table with my ribs. So I didn't get first through 15th with my ribs. And, like, so you're going to go back next year and, like, make, like, the worst like, burnt <laughs> ass ribs and just stand there and be like, no, try it, judges. <laughs> for real, I'm going to shit it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit in my ribs and use that as a dry rub and I like I can't process like I don't I was like and like I go back and like Dustin's like dude did they lose your ribs like did they lose your plate like what happened like how the fuck like like I was like I was like I don't know man like he's I was like I don't know he's like no he's like that's like he's like I he's like he goes, as soon as I got sixth place, he goes, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Michael's got like, you know, first, first or like, so he's got like second place, third place. Like he's, he's up there. Nothing. Didn't get anything. I got final table, my brisket, which I've been doing really good with my Did brisket. Did you put the ribs parallel to the, uh, parallel to the hinge? Yeah, dude. Follow the rules to the T. Nine ribs, everything. To the T. I even mm-hmm. took the foil and folded it over, creased the edges. So the foil was like perfectly laid in there. It was the perfect box. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's still some in the fridge, but it's been out. a couple weeks. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> not worth it, Derek. <laughs> don't you tell me to live my life. So but my brisket was on point. I got a twelfth place is what I came out with. Final table, so uh I kinda know where I messed up on my brisket this time around, so it was just all appearance at this point. And so like, I think next, next competition, which will be sometime in July, unless we go to a sooner one, uh, I, I should be in the money. Figured out, Quero. Yeah. I don't, dude, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened. I, I guess they're just looking for some. Players. That's what, man. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, that's what I've been up to. And, uh, playing Sea of Thieves. I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves. In my spare time. So. Anyway, Ryan, what you been up to? Well, work has just been an absolute nightmare. I mean, <laughs> I don't know of any other way to describe it. Uh, I pretty much hate going every day. 
just <laughs> kind of waiting for things to change there. Hopefully that'll be soon. Uh, Ryan's all melting. Burn, burn, burn this <laughs> down. Burn the place down. Fuck, man. It's just so bad. Like, every day it gets worse. So I'm just trying to get through that. I mean, it'll be better, hopefully, in the near future, but it's just rough right now. And it takes it out of me. Like, I, I get done with that, and I get home, and I don't feel like doing anything. You know what I mean? Oh, and this yeah. barn... The barn thing really grinded me down. I mean, I'm done. It's done and it's awesome and I love it and everybody else loves it. But it was just that was a journey too, and doing that along with the work shit at the same time, it's just tired me out. And then I got Adepticon coming up, and I mean, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but it's not loading up all that fucking terrain and dragging it to Chicago and setting it up and then having to tear it back down and bring it back. It's not super appealing. So. I just want to kind of get through that. Like I'll have fun when I'm there, I'm sure. But the like right now, it's just like I'm dreading it. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, that was not fun last year. <laughs> no. So, I mean, but after that, I'm you know I'm free and clear. Uh, so it's just hard to get motivated to do a lot of shit. Just mostly because I'm tired. Like I said, I get home from work and I'm fried because I have to get up every day, at five o'clock, and go and beat snakes for fucking 10 hours and then come home and it's just like I really should paint these black shields for Sweden really don't feel like painting though <laughs> you know <laughs> like that kind of thing so uh, I've been printing a lot of shit uh, and uh, started building some new tables and stuff I, I, I laid everything out that I want to take to Adepticon and I have enough shit but I was like man if I switch some of these tables, like looking at the tables, I'm like, if I just bought a mat that's like the same color as these giant fucking two by two games workshop tables. Boom. Do and, it. Do it. You know, it's like, it. just do it. Right. It's exactly like exactly right. It's like because uh, I have to take it, you know, like for the barn, like when I'm just setting it up and I can leave it alone and people can play here on it. The tiles are it great. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But having to travel with it. So. I ordered some mats and then I'm trying to replace like that table you gave me. Right. It's a cool table. Can't go. But, it. <laughs> well, I was, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I got a mat that just has some city streets on it and built some quick ruins that are modular and I can still run the same mission. I was going to run on that table, but it fits in like half of a fucking tote instead of, you know, taking up a quarter of the van that I'm renting. You know, so I'm I'm trying to do that. Like, and I know it's kind of last minute. Like, I guess it is because it's I don't mind doing it because I know that I have enough shit. It's just the most the more of this like stuff I can get done to replace things to go, the easier it's going to make the trip there and back. Right. So it's one of those things. If I get it done, it's just going to help me. If I don't get it done, I still have tables to take. It just makes it more of a pain in the ass. Makes sense. So I'm not like panic mode because I still, like I said, I have all the terrain. It's just if I can get this other stuff done, it makes it easier, which oh, is yeah. what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I have to start working on those black shields soon. When is Adepticon? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. You're driving up there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Derek is? Yeah, I'm heading up to Adepticon. You're driving? Yeah. Oh, you fucking poor bastard. That'd be all right. Wasn't that bad coming back last year? Who are you driving with? Uh, uh, Mocker and Cody. Okay. Oh, damn it. They're going? Okay. Hell yeah. 
I might, uh, uh, David Sampson wants that wrecked warlord. Oh yeah. So I was going to try and find somebody who's driving up there to send it with. I'll talk to the guys. Cause, uh, I know pretty and Josh are flying up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've got a deal worked out with them where they're going to send some stuff up with us. I'm not privy to any kind of details on that. Is he just but... borrowing it or did he buy it? The warlord? Yeah. I told him he could have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> legit. Like, it's just like been sitting around. Like, that's he, what we made him to do. <laughs> he's uh, pretty much done with it at this point. And said, so, yeah, if you want it. I like, I didn't even think because I posted online. I was like, and it was like, you still got it? I was like, yeah. I was like, if anybody wants it, just hit me up. Like, because I haven't done anything oh. with it. And David was the first person that was like, hey, man, how much could I buy that off you for? And I was like, for you? Free? <laughs> like, you just, like, find a way to get it. I was like, oh, wait, you'll be at Adepticon. I was like, I'll just send somebody up with it if I can. Like, it was legit. That that was, like, the max of the conversation. Like, the Warlord has done its job. Like, it was specifically for Stiff 2, and it's been fun to play around. Three. But at this point, or, no, Stiff 2. Three? Three? Stiff 3? I'll, I'll... Two, yeah, was I wasn't three. playing. Oh, yeah, I, I just three. Two, but, yeah, it was just yeah. three. Yeah, it was two. Yeah, he did exactly what he was supposed to. <laughs> he was literally there just so people were like, holy fuck, they wrecked, they wrecked a warlord. Yeah, it was a good time. My little, I'm keeping my little rover though. <laughs> You're not getting my rover, David. <laughs> you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was more proud of that than the full fucking Titan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exploratory rover. So I ordered a bunch of premium dust shit and opened it up. Mm. Like, does that count as hobby? Like, I have a whole nother army now for dust. Yeah, dude, I've gotten hit up by like three members of your little clan <laughs> about dust. Like, it it is blowing up over there. It sounds like, and them talking Everybody to me about it, it is like it's just like invigorating me more and more to get back into it. That's kind of where I was going while like telling the barbecue story. Is now that I've got like a final tabled, I know I'm headed in the right direction. So I don't have to practice as much, and I don't have to do as much work. Like I know I just need to tighten things up, so to speak. And so make your ribs a little bit less. Good. <laughs> I know I got to make my ribs a little bit different, but I've got my brisket down, and that's like, the real goal. Like brisket's what everybody puts 100% into. Uh, but now, like, I'm gonna transition back to mini war gaming. Like I'm gonna go ahead and start working on my PLA again, my dust shit, and yeah. So I've been. That's bit. probably what I've been playing the most of is dust. Um, I'm still reading a bunch of Battletech novels. I finished a couple more of them. They were really good. Um, and then I, I did this 3D printing class, and I've been you know printing the shit out of stuff. So I printed a whole table's worth of terrain. I printed a bunch of these rock formations and shit that I'm going to make a desert board out of. Um, I've printed a couple more of those big mechs for people that wanted them. Um, I printed that Krieg horse guy uh, on the Photon for Jody. Varangian Heresy. Um, Chris Duncan wants one of them too, so I got to print another one. How do you feel about the Photon now that you're playing with it? Like, have you noticed how much more finicky it is than? Um, I mean, I've not had a failed print on it. Okay. Uh, I think it's because you know John showed me like he kind of like I've not printed that much stuff, and he was here for every print, okay. right? So it's not like I've done it solo yet. This next horse will be 100% solo, and it's still not even really solo because John's already like set up. Like we sat down together, and I watched him put the supports on it, and he was explaining to me what he was doing, like how he arranged the supports. Okay. So so even this next print, 
like I'm printing it on my own, but he set the print up in the, you know, on the, it's the same the like, slicer. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. the same STL. So I haven't taken an STL no slice, put it in the slicer and put my own supports on it and tried it yet. That's not something I've done yet, which I need to do. The thing is like for me personal, I don't, like we, I was a bit, we were laughing over the weekend because I bought the photon for the class, and now I don't know what the fuck I want to do with it. It's like, it's now it's kind of turned into like owning a pickup truck when you don't need one, and it's just a chore because then everybody hits you up because they want to they want to be your friend because you have a truck <laughs> and they need you to move shit. Like that's all that it's become. Like I don't personally want anything that comes off the photon, but now everybody wants me to print shit for them. So that's where that's the situation I'm at. So I almost want to just like. I don't know. Like, I want to keep it because I want to be good at it and knowledgeable on how to run it. But on the same token, it's like, I'm personally like, what the fuck? Like, there's I'm nothing. Not trying to, I'm not trying to pay, print up some epic shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm racking my brain as to what the fuck am I going to print on this thing? Like, why do I actually need it? I've got some uh, dust STLs if you want me to, if you want to try them out. Yeah, but I don't like painting dust shit. I just buy premium shit. Well, well here's my favorite part of the <laughs> STL that I got. Like, have you seen those ones that I got? Like, I, I designed up the smoke clouds for Rockin' Troop. Yeah, like, I don't really like that, though. Oh, okay. Just being Never honest, sorry. Never mind. Fine. Do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I need to figure out. I told you that one dust army I kind of want to do where I convert, you know, the walkers into tanks or whatever and have, like, an all-tank army. Yep that kind of thing. So I'll probably use it for that. I'm sure are part of it, but, uh, I'm just more in right now with what I'm working on. Like, cause I want to print terrain and print the big battle tech shit and print other stuff. It's all the, all the stuff that I want to print is the FDM is the printer is the better tool for the job. Right. So, um, but it is neat. Like the way it works is cool. Like John really got into the workings. Like, he we he took apart the back of it like before it even ran he took apart the back and was like showing me all the components and like this does this and this does this and that's what this is and this is exactly how it works and in doing like you wouldn't think that you would care like you know what i mean you're like well some little china guy built this and i hit this button and it fucking works why do i care why it does all this stuff but if you actually know how it works and what the mechanics are behind it. It actually makes, makes it to where you understand that you need to put certain settings in it. Or if you try to do other settings, um, it, it's kind of pointless. Like I learned like on an Ender three, it's stupid to print at point one. You should just print at point one, two because the stepper motor, the way the screws are cut in to, uh, you know, the, the screw that goes up and the stepper motor, right. You know, goes up the screw or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The way it's machined, it can't do point one. It does point point one two. like a full turn or whatever. The minimum it can do is point one two. So when you put point one into the computer, it's basically like it does like four and then skips one, which could fuck up a layer. Like not, you know what I mean? So you're actually like giving it problems that it has to try to solve and fucking with it. Where if you just did point one two, it's going to be smoother because that's kind of how it's machined to work. 
Write that down, Derek. That's <laughs> for the that's for the Ender three. I don't know if the i three is the same way. Yeah, but uh, that's what I'm saying. So you might do some research on that and yeah. find out what the minimum, you know, travel right. is on your stepper motor and set your settings to that. Because it's like I was just I thought, well, I'll do point one because that's fucking you know less layers, so it's going to come out smoother. Well, not necessarily there, Chief. You know, big shoots. <laughs> yeah. So same thing with like. Well, we'll get into it on the th- when we actually talk about the class, but like nozzle yeah, talk size. About it. Just talk about it. Yeah. We're pretty oh, you just want to roll right into it, right? Yeah. So the other thing that like kind of blew my mind a little bit, which you think about it and you're like, well, duh. How, how did I not fucking figure that out? So think about your nozzle. People are like, well, I'll put this like 0.2 nozzle on this and get better prints, right? Well, sort of. It only, but your nozzle, because it goes straight down on your FDM printer that point two is only going to affect like details that are smaller than point four. Right. Yeah. And it's only going to really affect details on the, the surface that's facing up towards the printer head, because if it's on the bottom or the side, what, why does it matter? Because all that is, is it's squirting, it's extruding a smaller line, like a thinner line. But that doesn't have anything to do with layers. You're still going to have just the same amount of layers going up the side. So it's not going to affect the resolution on any of the four sides or the bottom. It's only going to really affect the resolution on the top. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And then more to the point, if, if what you're printing on the top is if the little details, so say you're printing rivets, if they're, you know, 0.4 millimeter or whatever, all the point two is going to do is make two laps to make the rivet where the point four can just do one. So it really may not make any difference anyway. Yeah. And what was the other thing that I was getting here with? There are certain things like, uh, when you set up your, like your walls, like when you're, you're setting up your shell, you can't put like a point two nozzle in, and then say you want like a 0.5 width shell, like it has to be multiples of your nozzle. So if you have like a 0.4 nozzle, your shell needs to be like 8 or 12 or 16. You know what I mean? Because that's every pass. It's going right. 0.4 wide. So you have to like know all that, like just think about that for a second before you set your print up because of the mechanical function of the printer. Dig it. Makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like that kind of stuff. Because I was all pumped to try a .2 nozzle. I was like, I'm going to print these mechs and use this .2 nozzle, and they're going to fucking even be even better than whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, it's not really going to do anything because it doesn't <laughs> change the layer height. So it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> Yeah, definitely worth looking into before you buy it and install it. Right, because yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, and also like he said, if you're if you're printing, if you're printing your walls 0.8 thick, right, mm-hmm. or sorry, eight eight mils or whatever it is, 0.8. and you're using a 0.4 nozzle, it's going to do two passes. Where if you switch to 0.2, it's got to do four passes. So you're literally doubling the time of your print, and you're still getting the same layers, same amount of layers. So it's not going to help the resolution except for the very top of the model. Yeah. 
and maybe not even then, depending on what kind of details up there. So is it really worth doubling the time on like a 24 hour print to 48 hours to have like, you know, maybe a little bit of cleaner rivets only on the top? No, you know, it's not (laughs) right. (laughs) So it's just something you got to think about when you, you know, set up your prints and think about what you're doing. Yeah, a lot of what I was looking into on what little research I did was uh, mostly stuff like that. And then also like heat control, because a lot of people for 28 millimeter printing, they just default to, yeah, uh, thinner layers, slower speed gets better detail. Well, it's like, well, no, slower speed means that nozzle, that hot end is going to be around that same area longer. So you might have some issues with it melting. Yeah, yeah. Which like, I guess to fix that you could change your material too to something that withstands higher heat, yeah. like an ABS or a uh, PLA plus or something. Yeah, but just a lot of little stuff like that where you know on, on paper slower speed, thinner uh, thinner layers does sound like it would get better quality, but like when you look at how the mechanics of what it's actually doing, yeah, then it's like. Well, I'm I'm just after having an FDM and being a big fan of an FDM and I've just said that I much prefer it, you know, like personally like for what I want to do. That being said, if you're wanting to like after printing that horse and printing some Adeptus Titanicus models and printing some Flames of War tanks, I understand that you can like do all this tuning and stuff to an FDM and try to get that, but you're just you're kind of using the wrong tool for the job in my opinion. I would just get a fucking photon and print it up. Yeah. So, yeah, especially I mean, if you're, like if especially if you're buying it for like marine infantry upgrades and shit like that. Like if you're planning on like printing yourself shoulder pads or helmets or shit like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean that that Krieg Rider that we printed looks like a Forge World model or you know a Simon model or any of the high end model companies. Like it has that much detail. It's that good. You clip oh, off yeah. the supports. I mean, if people didn't know, like if I just stuck that in to uh, a Krieg army with a bunch of other Death Riders, people would be like, man, I didn't see when Forge will release this model. Be like, yeah, that's because they didn't. This is totally <laughs> third party. That's because they didn't. Take yep. your supports off, put on some gates, and cast it, and that's probably how they made most of their line. Yep. That's so, all that, that, what do you call it, doing? I mean, that's that's what Terra Model Maker does. That's what, uh, uh, What's his name? Mad Robot Miniatures does now, and that's also what that Leo Models does. Yeah. Dude, the, the 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 fucking what do you like? It, it's ridiculous. Like it would be insane <laughs> if Forge World wasn't doing that. But it's crazy how fast the prototyping process, like just like it's moved along now. Like, hey, does this look cool? Fuck it, I'll print it. Hey, it works. I'll go ahead and cast it now. Like, ugh. Michael, this may have been the guy that you already told me about. I'm not sure. I'm sending it to you right now on our little chat. But if not, check this dude out. Uh, yep, yep, yep. The Maker's Cult. Is that what you were telling me about? Yeah, one of the guys from Patreon, and he gives you... Uh, he gives yeah. you. So cool, that's the cool guy who made the Krieg Horse yep. General. Yep. So anyway, look at his models, man. They're sick. Those fucking Guardsmen and those Terminators are so cool. <laughs> so cool. That... Uh, that... Winged dude is totally on Thingiverse. That's yeah, the I'm printing. That's the sanguine issue printing. 
It's a glorious Hawkman is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. He's not getting sued. But uh, but anyway, there's just so much cool yeah, pretty, he's, pretty uh, shit out there. He's Brexit on Thingiverse. 49 yeah. Designs. Yep. He's got all the Angry Marine stuff. <laughs> he's got sci-fi night helmets for your Primaris Marines. He's got a straight-up Death Corpse of Krieg horse just standing there by itself. Yeah, dude, this dude's... He did a why though statue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one came up when I just searched like most popular. What? Mark six power armor legs times eleven. Jesus, sir. You're not even trying. Oh, look at these purity seals. <laughs> oh my god. Purity seals for days. So just take a Marine and throw purity seals on him until he looks like Chewbacca. Yep. <laughs> That's what... <sighs> You're not printing the Marine. You're just printing a bunch of purity seals and just decided the best way to show them off would be the entire kit. But anyway, like, so, I, so the class, we basically started, and John explained the difference between FDM, DLP, LCD, and SLA printers. Yep. And then yep. he... All, and then he also talked about like the printers that Shapeway has, which fucking blew my mind where they print like the NHL. model in a resin and then they print the other shit in like a the, and it, something that encases the model and 100% supports it. So you have essentially no supports. It's fully supported with no supports and then they fucking throw it in a vat and like dissolve all that other shit off there and you have like a perfect model with no scarring on it or no cleanup. Yeah. Beautiful. Um. But, you know, that printer's like 50 grand or whatever he was telling me. You know. Well worth it. Uh, so, anyway, so he went into all the mechanical differences and actually how all those printers worked. Like, I had no clue how the Photon actually worked. And then when he explained it, you know, that it's like a phone screen sitting over the top of a high-powered... Uh, LV light and then like the the pixels on the screen basically act as a mask so it's yep. almost like doing a shadow puppet on the wall and where the light is hitting the resin's hardening so it's like a negative almost like old film used to work and how you know all that shit he explained all that and all the mechanical function of it it's it's pretty cool so I learned a lot there and you know, knowing the differences and how all that shit works, it kind of helps you pick a printer or understand why the pricing is different. And then also understand like, yeah, form two is cool and all this stuff, but it's probably, you know, depending on what you're doing, like, is it, is it worth $2,000 more than a photon for somebody like me? Probably not. You know what I mean? Now, once it gets below a certain price point, probably is but right now it's probably not you know kind of stuff like that yeah so, the only people that i've seen like that actually use the photon at that level that like it makes sense there's like dentist and shit like that like those are really like i've seen a ton of dentists but use they the even, form two yeah they use the form two they take x-rays and 3d scans of people's mouths and they print up their teeth make them braces and stuff like that like, yeah 
But like once again, dentistry is almost like a medical procedure, so they massively overcharge for what they fucking do and pay for. They probably like, oh look, well I bought a form too. Here's two customers. Okay, it's paid for. You know, like. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I I learned so much there, and then, um, I didn't know anything about my photon like i literally got it on wednesday and then john showed up on friday so everything i know about it he taught me so i learned all that and then even though i've been using cura a lot like he showed me uh features on cura i didn't know existed and then there was a couple problems that both me and jim were having like when we would so say you had your um well i don't know what you call it your digital build plate in Cura, not the real build plate, but like yeah. the surface area, how you arrange your models. I was having a problem where if I took an object and stuck it dead center of the middle of the build plate, when I actually printed it in reality, in real life, it would be like 20 millimeters closer to the front of the machine and 20 millimeters closer to the left of the machine. So it'd be like offset, like, you know, mm-hmm. towards me and to my left okay. than what it really should be. So you can go into your settings and like adjust that for the printer, and then no matter what you do, it'll it basically recenters the the x and y axis where it tells it where zero zero, which is the dead center of the plate, it retells it recalibrates the zero zero of the printer in the settings. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Keeps your prints from ended up falling off the build plate. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, that was a problem that both me and Jim had that he solved. Uh, then he showed us a whole, uh, a couple different slicers and then a bunch of different 3D design programs. So he showed me some that I was familiar with, like um, a mesh mixer and things like that. And then he also showed us how to split objects in Cura, how to split objects in mesh mixer. He didn't show us uh, Tinker Ta- Tinkercad, which I already know, you know, the very basics of that anyway. Um, but he, the the ones that he showed me that that I really latched on to were Sculptress. And it's basically like spell the word sculpt and then put R-I-S on the end, Sculptress. And the way that program works, when you bring it up, it's a free programming download. Your 3D model starts out as a 3D render of a ball of clay. Yep. And then you have like a menu at the top that represents actual like tools you would use for sculpting clay in real life that you then click on and then move your mouse, you know, move them around with your mouse. And it like almost perfectly simulates working with clay, but in a 3D environment. Hmm. So if you're, if you actually model clay in real life to do models, it's, I feel like it's almost kind of like a, would feel the most natural to you. It's also really good for sculpting creatures. Like if you look at their webpage and their videos, that's usually what they're using it for is, you know, using doing organic looking objects or rounded objects. You're, you're not going to build like a fucking super blocky tank with it. it. It'd be silly to do that. Um, but it was a really, really cool program. So if you're wanting to build like, uh, you know, like a demon or 
even like a barbarian character, like a human barbarian or something that doesn't have like a lot of armor blocky stuff, you know, that would be the program to use or look into. Um, it was really fun. We messed around with that for a while. Um, the other program, I believe it's called <laughs> Fusion, 3, Fusion 360, right, Michael? Yep. Yeah, that's the one. So Fusion 360, that's what I really, really, really want to get good at. Like, that just clicked in my head. When John was demonstrating that, I was like, this just makes fucking sense to me. Like, this program's awesome. It does everything that I want to do. It seems very intuitive. Um, and it you would use it. What are you showing him? What are you doing? <laughs> the sanguineous <laughs> named Bloody Glorious Hawk Boy <laughs> on, um, on Thingiverse. That's, yeah, that's printing up right now. So, um, anyway, it's... I don't like those two things blew my mind. And then the other thing that he showed me was, or showed the whole class was how you can take 3d models out of video games. Yo shit. Okay. <laughs> That's money. Cause I knew he did that, but I didn't know he would teach a class how to do that. Yeah. So he, he was showing us the programs you use. So, and then also like when you take a 3d model out of a video game, right? It's not what you would call watertight. Like, it has holes in it. Like, when you put it in your slicer and you look at the layers that it's going to make, it's a total fucking mess. Yeah. Like, he showed us this bunker. There's a program. So, and he, and he showed us, like, when you put it in, like, this came from a game where the terrain was destructible. So, this bunker was, like, in different colored pieces that fit together like a puzzle. Because, okay. like... It was designed as a bunch of th separate 3D models that stuck together, so like when it blew up in the game, it would fragment into these pre-programmed pieces. But obviously, that's not great for printing, and it's yeah. it's just a total fucking mess. So there's a program out there that you stick that um, bunker in the program, and this computer program lays like a a point whatever millimeter digital shell over the entire model so imagine like coating this thing like in a really thin transparent layer like a like a hard chocolate hard shell chocolate hard shell exactly and then it just covers that thing and then you can get rid of the original model that shit and you have this like perfect shell of like where it's traced it but it's all like complete with no holes in it and it's way easier to print that's really cool just like a Reese's peanut butter cup or M&M. Reese's Pieces. Yeah, Reese's Pieces. So, I, I know Vince, because uh, old Vince, uh, Vincente. Vincente. <laughs> he, uh, he came up from Florida, and man, it was a blast to hang out with him again. We had so much fun. Uh, you know, he, he stayed with me and all that. We had a great time. That's what he was pumped about. Like, he that's what he, so everybody kind of, it seemed like, kind of found their own thing, where it was like, this is what I'm super excited about. And that was his, because he's like, man, I play all these video games. There's so many things from these video games I want to print. Now I can fucking pull these models out, and I have this program that'll fucking fix them and make them ready to 3D print. It's so like, sound. yeah. Dude, for real. I know that uh, <laughs> one of our friends you can play tabletop Fortnite. was playing uh, the Titanicus game, and there's a bunch of little vehicles that are like specific to the Titanicus game. Not anymore than not. And he pulled them out and printed them. And they're like like vehicles that Games Workshop doesn't even make, but they're like grim dark, like little vehicles. Yeah, they're, they're yep. set yeah, set in, you know, the Warhammer universe. Like civilian type vehicles or Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, he he printed them up for Adeptus Titanicus, like That's a tabletop really cool. game, and like he could blow them up to 28 millimeter scale if he wanted. I'm not gonna say this dude's name, but if you know him, you know him. <laughs> yep. If you know him, if you know, you know, you know him. him. <laughs> so it, it just kills me because you can you can do so much stuff now, and um and I know people are just gonna call me salty and say I shit on whatever, but I mean I'm just I mean it I don't even play the game, but I'm just saying if you buy like legit pay money for Adeptus Titanicus models at the prices they're asking, whoa. Like I don't know what you're fucking doing with your life. I mean, cause you can you can buy a photon for like the cost of the base game almost, and just fucking print as much as you want, <laughs> like all yeah. of it, and even shit they don't make. <laughs> yeah. Even like the Grandmaster box, like that's a 3D printer in and of itself. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm just being real about it. Like you can just do that shit in your in your garage, like straight up. It's not hard. You can fucking do it, and you're going to have shit that looks indistinguishable. And a lot of it's going to be better because you can print fucking pieces that they don't even make, you know, that makes your shit look awesome. You can print, like, Lucius pattern shit and all kinds of stuff. It's fucking crazy. Like, because I saw people here that had a mix of both. Like, here's this reel and this, and I've seen it. Like I said, I don't play the game. I have no skin in the game. I don't play the game, but I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm like, this shit's kind of cooler, you know, like <laughs> the Lucius pattern warhounds are like absolutely they're way cooler. You should even, like, yeah. like even the ones that are like on Thingiverse, like they have one that's striding, one that's standing yep. straight, and all this stuff. The one that's striding like like shits all over the Mars pattern. Like they, I've seen the Adeptus Titanicus uh, Serastus knights that have been going around. Like yep. Jesus, I'm not about yep. that game, but I've seen somebody made the. Lucius pattern nights on Thingiverse. Well, I'm just, I'm being real. Like if, if tomorrow I'm not going to, but if tomorrow I decided to play, I would just print all my own shit. I wouldn't buy anything. I just print it all. Yeah. No, I get it. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Like it's one of those things, like the more and more I get involved in 3d printing and after this class, like (laughs) maybe not that one. Definitely not that one. It's like, uh, it just opens my eyes to shit. And then it's not it, this one, right? It makes you That's it makes you really question what you kind of used to assign value to. Like you would look at stuff and think that there was some like magical process or whatever that got that made and like now you look at some shit and you're like you look at the price tag and you're like, nah, I'm good. Let's print that. He's <laughs> through, man, he's through. It's uh I don't know. It's it's a different world than it was like, you know, like now we've got 3d modelers out there who are making like, like when I, when I was calling out like Lego models, like I, I keep shouting them out because like every day I see that they're just like, here's a new design. Yeah, here's our that. new design. Here's a new design. By the way, next week we'll be working on gallants. Well, I, Oh yeah, those look good. John, John showed us some stuff that he 3d sculpted. Uh, mm-hmm. in that fusion 360 yes you've seen it right you've seen like his like actual models Side that cars he's and stuff like that yeah yeah and he's i'm like how long did that take you and he's like i don't know six seven hours i'm like holy shit it looks so good i mean so good like you print that up into a physical model 
and it is as good or shits all over anything that any game manufacturer makes. Yeah, what's crazy is like now it's to the point where like anybody playing the game, if they have a wild hair up their ass and any like skin, like if they like if they are driven and they have any like idea, like they could go out and make a completely custom model that doesn't exist and start selling it tomorrow. Like and like 100 percent just like go to town like kickstarted if you need to. That's there. Like we were like. Do y'all remember the the uh I when I had Comrade Quiche? Yeah. I, I commissioned the the Cortis dreadnought legs. Yeah. How long ago was that? Was that like three years now? Maybe two years. Two, two or three years, something like that. Two or three years, man, where like it was not attainable to us, but like it was like right there. Where like I would have him model it up because he understood 3D modeling. And then I had to have Shapeways print that off. And then I had to have a resin caster. Like I would feel comfortable if you, if like, if today I realized that I needed to make Cortis dreadnought legs, I would feel confident that I could do it by myself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. A hundred, all of it. Like from the, from the design to the printing to the casting, I guarantee that I can do it myself now. And it has nothing to do with me. Like, well, I mean, it has a little bit of me like just sitting down saying, I'm going to learn how to 3d model. But, like, I think it's just because the tools are so accessible now. And here in, I would say, like, a year or two, maybe, it's just going to get even better. Like, what the hell, well, man? Because we well, the other thing we covered in the class was where you have this software you can scan models. Like, you can scan shit with your cell phone, your smartphone, yeah. or take photos of something and then load it into a computer program. And it assembles those photos into a 3D object. Yep. And he's done that with people. John has done that with one of his friends' head, Lucas's head, and yeah. printed him a head for like he basically made a custom Space Wolf Praetor with his friend's head on it. Yep. Powerful. Uh, Lucas. Yeah. So we were talking about it, and I'm like, okay. So because I remember we were sitting in the basement at, at the basement of my house, just hanging out, and I pointed to the deer skull that Eric Ness gave me. The the what the fuck is that? I don't remember the name of the deer. Seek a deer. On on my uh, shelf there that Eric Ness gave me as a gift. And I said, so say I wanted to print that deer skull. Could we use this software to do it? And he goes, okay, so let's pretend that deer skull was like a gaming miniature. You know, like not that it would be, but, you know, like the quality that you wanted a gaming miniature. He goes, something that size, we could get you real, real close with this software. Like. You could take the photos and it would probably be okay. You may have to tweak it a little, put it in another program, whatever, but we could get it done. But if you wanted to do something like, you know, like a chaplain model, like say, what's what's something, the Rauderon model that Forge World just released, you know, with detail, like little details, whatever, on a 28 mil mm-hmm. model, it won't work for that. He said that they have software and and devices that will do that for that model. But it's like twenty twenty five thousand dollars, which just isn't obtainable for somebody like us, right? Right. But I was like, so when when will it get there? Like, when will it be at the point where I can have something on my phone or have something on a computer? I could go to the store and buy like a box of fucking cataphracty, go home, open the box, pull the sprue out without even fucking clipping models off the sprue just fucking take some photos of it <laughs> and then throw it in the printer and just print my own fucking sprues as many as I wanted. 
And then go return he's, it. <laughs> he's like, I got the wrong thing. <laughs> I meant to get <laughs> I meant to get devastators. Right. Now, he's now like <laughs> he's like probably five years, I believe is what he said. So I would agree with that if the photon didn't sneak up on us so hard. Like we knew the form lab, like the form two was out. And we all knew about the form too. And then right. any cubic just goes, Hey, we got a photon now. And it was like, what? And everybody was like, like when the photon came out, it like was sneak attack. Like, Hey, you want to print, you want to, Hey, you kids want to print some DLP? And we're like, fuck yeah. 300 bucks. I'm in, you know, send me, send me. I think that there's this janky ass Chinese machine for three hundred dollars. Yeah, and then it ends up being like quality. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm, well, I'll I'll get cancer for three hundred bucks. All right, <laughs> send it my way. That was, that was exactly. Sign me up. Like, Conor McGregor. Fuck it. It's just three hundred dollar three D printer. Yeah. Well, fuck it. I'll throw it away if it's not that good. I think that there's some Chinese company out there right now that sees the like value in this, and I think by the end of this year we're gonna see like something just show the fuck up. It's going to be everybody to the market. And it, it's yeah. It's going to just be like, Hey, by the way, do you guys want to scan really nice small things? And we're like, yeah, well, you fuck. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Bro, cool. I don't know. Did you want this? Like we've got eight cameras that all face one thing and it goes on a lazy Susan and that just scans everything with this really bright light. And it's like, fuck. And here it is. And it's here. Like, I think, I think that's going to happen for the end of the year. You think so? Only because the photon was like surprise. See, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I, like both you and John are far smarter than me on this fucking technology shit. Like I'm kind of like a late adopter to everything that's technology usually. Um, so this to me, it's still just amazing. Like I've had my fucking printers since what October, and I still go out there and like I look at all the shit that I didn't have before that it's like kind of materialized out of thin air a little bit. Like I have this yeah. machine and I have these spools of plastic and now I have all these fucking models to paint that I have mm-hmm. like pit, like paid pennies on the dollar for when you consider what they would actually have, you know, cost if a, one of these companies had made it. And I'm just like, Holy shit. You know what I mean? Get on that replicator. Yeah. It's stupid. Like I was like here in a minute, I, I, I forgot. I turned my printer off. I gotta go turn it on. But here in a minute, I'm straight up like that game Sea of Thieves I've been playing. Yeah. Uh, there's these skulls that you can capture. And I, I looked up online earlier that somebody pulled those from the game and they made like a full size skull. And I was like, I'll print one of those when I get home. Like, you know, I'll print one and then send it to my friend and maybe I'll paint it. You know, maybe I'll put some LEDs in it. And it's like, I will print that. I will paint it. And it'll probably be worth like 75 bucks to somebody online. Like that's the like the value. It's gonna be like yeah, a dollar fifty in filament maybe. Yeah. But like it'll be like completely valuable to somebody on like it's it's just crazy to me that like like I can't go to eBay and find that model like it's just like straight up like oh, I'll just print my own. And right you now. bring up LEDs that like another thing I saw a video on was like embedding stuff in your prints. Oh my. <laughs> so you can set your printer to like do a print up this much. And then do a filament change if you want to do a different color filament and stuff like that. Well, some people have been using that to basically print up like a bay for, to put in like a magnet or electronical components, oh, stuff like that. Stupid. Print up a little bit, throw your magnets in, finish printing, and then boom, magnetized, 
And you didn't even have to like cut or drill or glue anything. Yeah, because you could run a like you could put a tube to like run wire, put an LED spot, print up to that point, run the wire, put the LED seated in, and then print up around the yeah, LED. For, I mean, for electronics, it's a lot more complicated, but just dropping in a magnet, Fuck. as long as it doesn't mess with the printer at all, which unless it's Fuck, like a that's so smart. One. Yeah, <laughs> just the implications of that is wild. That's uh, so stupid smart. Like, it's changing. The well, yeah, like, we, and we were talking about like the different filaments. Like they're making water soluble filaments now. So like we were just talking about how Shapeways, you know, they they print up a model in a in gelatin that they dissolve. Well, you can almost kind of do that on an FDM now with this dissolve. You know, you get a a dual extruding printer head, and you load one head with dissolvable filament, one head with normal filament, and then you print your fucking model. And the model itself is printed in the normal filament. And then the supports are printed in the dissolving ones. And then when it's done, you fucking throw it in water and it just literally dissolves in water. And then you don't have to clean your model. You're just like, oh, it's done. Or you just be like Derek and just not print with supports. (laughs) Shit just works out for you. That doesn't work with everything. You just have a magical printer. Don't try that on your. Don't, don't try that on your Iron Throne. <laughs> oh yeah, like like Vincent did. <laughs> that was such. Uh, shit we found Vincent. out. Dude, we solved all of Vince's problems apparently. So like, because I was like, bro, like you got to do this. This is an under extrusion problem. This is what's going on. You know, this is probably what's going on. Like, here's all this shit you need to you know look at. And he messaged me today, and he tore his printer apart. And he found all these problems that he didn't even know he had, like actual mechanical issues. And he, he put it back together and he says it's printing fucking awesome now. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. I tried to I was gonna have my first print be like a properly supported Iron Throne. Just to like throw some casual shade. Uh, <laughs> that print failed. That print failed twice. <laughs> With proper support. <laughs> bit me on the ass <laughs> but no, like, i think my g-code just fucked up somewhere and it was just printed for about an hour and then just stopped it was like half of iron throne two owls and Not then an iron throne <laughs> sandwich it's an owl sandwich <laughs> those owls like had that look of kill me in their faces kill me <laughs> release uh, us no it just printed up and then it printed up like a maybe a centimeter and then just stopped and then I tried. I'm like, okay, I don't know, what fucked up. I tried it again, same thing. So I'm like, I guess the G code's fucked up. So, so do you have? Have you had the the shit happen, Michael, where you're like printing stuff and somebody finds out you print shit, and they're like, hey, will you print this for me? And you're like, yeah. And, bef- and before you're like, you know, I just, you know, it'll be like ten bucks, or whatever. They're like, I'll, I'll give you fifty dollars to print that. You're just like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's fucking crazy, man. It's it's pretty funny. It's going to like like John was saying. So uh, so if you think about it, like if you think of a, a 3D printer, it's not quite what you would consider like an appliance. You know, like a microwave, you don't have to understand anything about a microwave to work it. Like as a human, you just fucking put your food in there, hit a number and hit go and it goes. Like yeah. yeah. At some point 3D printers are going to be that intuitive. You know what I mean? Yep. You will literally yep. like you'll you'll find Imagine being able to find a picture of something on the internet and just like screenshot the image and then just like drag and drop it in some kind of a fucking folder and it just makes an STL of it. And then you put it in your printer and you hit go and it just figures out all the proper fucking settings. Like auto zeros itself fucking does everything and just prints that thing. Like at at some point it's going to be like that. 
Yeah, I think we're going to move away from, like, if I had to, like, guess on how the future worked, I think we're going to fully move out of FDM printers, and it's just going to be just, like, straight up jellies, where it just dumps it in. It's pretty much we're just going to be all, like, running Form 2s or some form of Form 2s. And that's yeah. gonna be just like the future and how it works out. You just like you go to Amazon, you buy an STL, and then you just hit print. When you get home, there's a, a little thing sitting there ready for you to go. That's probably like ten years, but can I can I be real honest with you right now? I'm, yeah. I'm okay. So don't I'm not throwing shade at you, Michael. Just like uh-huh. keep this in mind. I just know how you are, and hanging around like we've joked about this on the show before, because I didn't know anything about the photon, right? Uh-huh. Nothing. Then uh-huh. John shows me. And he's fucking got on his gloves and he's like showing me how like <laughs> well, you need to fucking filter this and clean this and make sure this is really clean and keep this really fucking nice and make sure you wipe this down and check for all these little things and all this. And like he get went through all these little steps and I thought, it's no wonder Michael has fucking passed all this on Jake. And he's like, this doesn't work. Fucking Jake makes it work. I'm like, Michael is not doing any of these steps. I know he's not. not I know that. Michael. And I'm I know Michael is just fucking, he's pouring resin in. He's just pouring resin in. He's fucking slamming that STL on a fucking flash drive and hitting go. And then as soon as it spits out a model, he's just fucking putting another thing on. Oh, there's resin left. Cool. You know, just doesn't even send it. Yeah. Send it. Not even. Doesn't. Go, 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 go. He's not, he's not pulling that vat out. He's not checking anything. He's not fucking any of that stuff. Look and around, the whole time John was it, showing me. Pull it out of the resin. It was one of those things where he was talking. And I almost I quit paying attention for a few seconds because I was just imagining Michael like like that was the first thought that jumped in my head was I like I was more focused in on steps that Michael wouldn't be doing as as opposed to listening to John telling me what I should be doing. You just imagine like my first print, which is me dumping a bottle of resin and like the arm coming down, spilling all that resin over, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. print. Print you printer, that's what you're designed for, you stupid. <laughs> what do you even do? What do you even do, you stupid printer? Uh shoulder so pads. Are you shoulder pads? People probably don't know what we're talking about, but it's it's pretty funny. But oh. so that so that's my only thing about that particular printer is it's almost like because uh, you need to keep it out of the sunlight. It's like a fucking vampire. Can't have sun direct sunlight on it. So yeah. I'm going to bu- I'm going to build a little enclosure for mine just a three wall enclosure with a roof and then just put like a little curtain rod in it and make like a little fucking <laughs> you know curtain on it Surprise! like a glory hole booth straight up glory hole booth I was going to go camera developing but that's yeah. Too, yeah glory glory hole that's that's about our audience Yeah so yeah just like a little peep show booth with a fucking curtain on it like hello I have a model but you know what like just to keep the sun off of it um and uh so i'm gonna build that for it which won't be hard i'm not a carpenter but it doesn't have to be fucking pretty it just has to be functional i might have jim build it like jim and our hobby club i might give it like he'd fucking make it pretty probably be made of like you know stained mahogany or whatever with <laughs> whatever it'd be awesome An altar. but anyway yeah I, I need to build some type of enclosure for it to do that and then um you know, you need to wear gloves. You need to be fucking careful. Go slow. There's like little things you need to check every time you print. 
you need to have these little filters ready. You need to make sure your resin's always clean. And you just need to go slow and take your time. So it's not... I feel like the FDM printer, I can I can get away with being more of a Michael than mm-hmm. I can with the uh, LCD printer, like the Photon. Oh, yeah, DLP, man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my resin's like probably all hard in there right now i haven't checked on it in a while i can't i think the last thing i printed was those conqueror turrets yeah the conqueror yeah, see, turrets. there's no we never left resin in my like we didn't like like unless we were printing something there was no resin in probably it probably been three months at this point oh. it's, it's been in there a while and you oh. and you don't have an enclosure do you no and it's right next to the door where like the sun comes in I hope the <laughs> I hope the plate's not see submerged. see people think I'm just picking on Michael. I'm not picking. This is this is exactly like, what we were. Look how easy about. this is to clean out. Clunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard clunk. Like an ice, like an ice cube. Your fucking yeah. thumbs punch right through the fucking film that has to be like perfect. I'm uh, I'm what you call a drunken monkey style for the whole life. <laughs> this will work, right? <laughs> Shove it in. Uh, Hit play. Shit. <laughs> what's that? What's that film called? FRP? Isn't that what that's called? The FRP. The FEP. 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 That's what it is. FEP. Yeah, I got tons of those extra FEPs. Have you put one in? Oh yeah, that's a shit storm. Oh, it that's is. Jake does it. Yeah. See, John's had his. John's <laughs> had his since last July, and he's just now changing his very first one. Oh uh, no, I I printed a. Uh, I printed a zone mortalis like control board off of Thingiverse. And at some point in the print, I had a, a my, my little like, so when I like <laughs> as funny as this is going to sound and like, as, <laughs> as, like as definite as this is going to, you know, <laughs> really solidify Ryan's thinking of me. Uh, <laughs> so I overfilled the, the, the vat Yep. And so the resin got too high and it got over the actual plate itself where the plate meets that ball bearing. Yep. So it went into the ball bearing and loosened it and it turned the plate at an angle because it got loose, right? Yeah. And so because it drove something down through your LCD screen, right? That's exactly what happened. So like it it formed a suction on using because like I did not hollow. Like I don't hollow that shit out. I said, go. (laughs) Nope. Send it, print that shit. <laughs> and so I printed this thing that was like probably about that wide. It was like a wide control panel from Thingiverse. And it formed a suction, which made the whole plate tilt. And then when it went down, it just like drove that thing and cracked my LCD screen. And I said, any cubic, <laughs> y'all, y'all are shit. You sent me a cracked screen. <laughs> you sent me a cracked screen. <laughs> like, oh, we're sorry. Here's another one. Good luck. And then I replaced my screen. I actually printed on the out, broken screen for a long time too. Turns out the Photon is a $100 printer. They just have that budgeted for people messing up their printers. Pretty much, dude. I printed with a cracked screen for a long time before I replaced the screen too. So you can go a while, like with only half a screen. Just don't print on that side. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bad side. Jesus Christ. See, I, I don't even feel bad now. I shouldn't even gave you the fucking warning. I should have just launched right into this fucking Michael is three steps above an orangutan when it comes to this shit. <laughs> I was over there like building building slicer, like building my little STLs, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the bad side. You have to drag it over to the other side <laughs> in order to set shit up. Like, Man, I hope that's not big enough to where it'll bleed into the bad side. And yeah, that's how I printed for a long time. 
yeah. And then the screen. Yeah, I almost feel sort of a little bit bad, but not really. Like for these miniature companies, like some of them, because like we found like a file, like Vince was showing me, there was like a file with literally like every fucking tank for Flames of War. Oh, and yeah. we print we printed these ones. He just bought some, and I'm like, he's like, you get four for thirty dollars, and we printed four for like seventy cents <laughs> in like three hours. <laughs> And at, the like, at the same yeah, time at the same time and they're done in like three hours you don't you know instead of like getting on there giving somebody forty dollars and waiting a week for it to show up in the mail and then having to assemble it you're just like eh, nah i'll just download this nah, <laughs> it, it takes me that. it takes me maybe maybe an hour to set up the file and then i fucking put it in and hit go and three hours later i have you know four fucking tanks do you want four tanks because I could fit eight. <laughs> It'll take the yeah. exact same time. It's a, it's a DLP burner. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So it's just fucking crazy. So we literally did that, like printed those four tanks and we, and like we cleaned them up and Vince was looking at them and he like clipped the supports off of them and looked at one tank. And then he started to mess around on his phone. And I go, what are you doing? And he's like, I just ordered a photon. It'll be at my house. <laughs> you goddamn right, Vince. Got him. Beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> Try your iron throne on there. It'll work. Yeah. It'll, it'll so. Work. Yeah, it's just so fucking cool, man. It, it's it's like adding a whole nother hobby because it's like if you like building and painting shit and playing games like I do. Now it's like I can print my own model, you know, then paint my own model then play with my own model. And then the next step will be for me to learn some type of 3D design program. And like some of these ugly ass Battletech vehicles that are like from the fucking 80s. Like. Oh look, here's this fucking shitty looking Maxim hover tank. How about I just design my own and then fucking that, you know, like go off the original art and just make an updated version of it where you can still tell what it is, but it actually looks good. And then fucking print it and then paint it and then play with it. It's like the next level of fucking, you know, hobby. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. So like, okay, so here's the thing. So like we and I'm pretty sure there's other companies out there that have grasped that this is happening right now, but I think they have so much invested in miniature making that they can't really like, it's like, dude, we can't stop making miniatures because that's our bread and butter. So we got to keep doing it. But I think we've identified a, another, like this is another venue, right? Like, so like we've talked about this before and, and I think it's probably something that we should probably like start pursuing this whole idea Cut this uh, part. <laughs> Cut this part till we get everything written in stone. Oh no, no! Like, <laughs> like me and Ryan have talked about like oh, yeah. making I got, rules. I know you got projects. Yeah, like making rules for a game, and then we give the STLs like free, or we'll print stuff for you and sell it to you, and then you just like like make a game based on like. Yeah, and you print it whatever scale you want to play it in. Yeah, whatever scale you want to play it in, you'd like, you like know, you play it with your buddy. And Michael even talked about, like, say we were to do this theoretical game, or and, you know, other other people listening to this, if they want to, you know, do the idea, whatever, it's just an idea. It's like the gaming industry going forward. Imagine if you just did, you paid a monthly subscription to whatever game, right? Like, somebody would have the full rules. You're not just giving them fucking money with no product out there, right? So, right. We would have the rules ready to go, and we'd have a few, you know, like the base STLs, like consider it your starter box or whatever. Like you'd have your core miniatures, your core game, right? 
you would release that people could buy that then once you hit that they could pay like a ten dollar a month subscription and then every month you, you would just release you know however many stls for the game and yeah like you you guarantee like four or five stls a month or something stupid and then it's just like it but there could be more and then like you just have it like seasons this is season one two three like like fucking some Fortnite shit you know it's like yeah. so you pay and, for stls and imagine so we'll just you because we're listening like people listening to this show a lot of them are going to be from a, a warhammer background so let's imagine imagine it was 40k we were doing this with even though it wouldn't be so like one month you may get an eldar thing an orc thing and a guard thing which you don't play but you're still getting the STLs. But then the next month you might get a sister of battle thing, a chaos thing and a Necron thing, which you, you play all those armies. So it's kind of like a give and take thing. It's not, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't have like a release schedule. It'd just be like, we, we would guarantee you're going to get, you know, X amount of STLs and you just pay, you know, a subscription fee. And we just really, you know, release them. And honestly, there's nothing like we were talking about how, there's nothing stopping like a group, like let's say like me and Derek, it's like, Hey, I'll pay the subscription. And then if I get any space wolf stuff, I'll just fucking send you the STL. Like we understand that's going to be a thing, but also we realize like I have a Netflix subscription. You have a Netflix subscription. Yep. Derek has a Netflix subscription. We could technically all just like do yeah. one Netflix subscription, but we don't because it's yeah. like no, it's, so it, much it's a fair price point. Like there's yeah. no reason for me to fuck over Netflix. Like I, I don't think, oh, my God, fuck Netflix. They get, you know, whatever, like ten dollars a month. Like I don't who gives a fuck. It's ten dollars. I'm fine with giving Netflix money because I want that content. I would have a problem with it if it was like cable or whatever, where they're still showing the fucking Goonies on a loop. <laughs> from the 1980s and you're paying $130 for it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck that. Y'all have a Goonies channel, bro, in Indy? No, you know, I'm just, you know what I'm saying. It's like... I'll put it in my application tomorrow. <laughs> it's like... I love the Goonies. It's like, holy fuck, how many times this month is romancing the stone on? Who gives a fucking rat's ass? Like, you know what I mean? Like... Uh... No, I get it, man. I get it. That's a... Uh, it, it, I'm... I don't know. I think, I think we could. I think we have something. I think. Yeah, like especially when we get to where three D printing as a service is going to be a thing, where it's like Uber Eats, only instead of somebody picking up, you know, your McDonald's or whatever and taking it to you, they have a three D printer. You want this STL printed? You don't have a three D printer because you don't know how to work a three D printer. You don't, you know, want to invest all that time and stuff into learning how to do it. So you just commission somebody locally. And they already have apps and services like that. Yep, there are services like that already. Well, there's there's a place here in Indianapolis. It's just called a makerspace, and they have 3D printers there. And you you yeah. have to pay like a monthly uh, like a gym membership, but instead of yeah, working you out, pay a monthly membership, but then yeah. you can just go and use the fucking 3D printer as long as it's not in use or whatever. Yeah, like th- those are starting to get more prevalent where stuff like that would be viable even if somebody who doesn't have a printer. Yeah, I think I think there's enough like right now. There's enough like models and stuff out there and like there's enough people that have 3d printers that it's viable to make a game that only provides stls well uh doesn't frostgrave do something similar where the like the company that does frostgrave 
they just put out the rules. They have a separate company that can do like themed minis for it. And yeah, they're the official Frostgrave minis, but you know, who cares if you're using the official ones? I don't, well, know. I, I don't play Frostgrave, but that sounds like something somebody would do. Yeah. I, I want to say But see, imagine this too, like if we sold the STLs like uh you know how when you get an STL now, like when I get these battle mechs, I just get them and they're just fucking pieces in a file and I have to figure out how to orient them and how to fucking build the supports on them and all that so that they they don't fuck up and all that. Uh-huh. I mean, you could even set up the file where it's ready to print where the, you know, like, cause we know enough about 3d printing where we, like, if we had a model that went into a DLP printer, uh, you could angle it just right and put the supports in all the right places where you're going to get the best result. Mm-hmm. And that could be the file that you sold someone where it's just ready to go. It, it would eliminate all the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Totally possible. You're not losing anything by making it easier for them. <laughs> like you No. And it wouldn't take that long. I mean, cause you know, you figure like a 28 millimeter model probably takes three to four hours to print at a super high fucking resolution where it's going to look just like a forge world model as long as the CAD design was right. But it, I mean, it has the capability of being that detailed and that clean. Right. Right. So you could literally make the thing, build the supports on it, put it in there and print it. And you're like, yeah, this looks okay. But if we supported it here and angled it, you know, another 10 degrees this way, it would get rid of this. And when you clip these supports off you know, it would hide that or it wouldn't be in that bad of an area. Print it again. You're like, okay, yeah, that's better. But if we just did it one more time and you printed it three times and you're like, that's about perfect. And then that's the file you sell. You know, that's like an extra probably two hours of actual work. And then, you know, obviously the the printing time and the cost of material. But you're talking if you had, you know, two, three hundred, even if it was only two or three hundred people, you know, giving you ten dollars a month or whatever that's a significant you know it's definitely worth doing that you know to get it right for people and I, it would also give them incentive to you know buy it because buying that stl that's pre-set up it saves somebody a lot of fucking time and a lot of materials as an individual i agree oh yeah yeah i think that that would add a lot of value dude we had like <laughs> like we had people that were giving us money in Patreon just to hear our voices, so I can imagine that like people would like give money for STLs. Like, I'd, you could run everything through Patreon as well too. Oh, absolutely. There's no reason you couldn't. Or pick a service that's not a bunch of cunts that cancel people because of politics. Surely there's one of those out there that's not Patreon. Yeah, it's true. So, but uh, I don't know. Need to. Make a team. Make a team to make cool rules. But my plan is to get a new laptop, put <laughs> yes, fucking, put t- fucking Fusion 360 on there, and just get really goddamn good at it, like really good. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw John's work. I saw John's arm that he fucking made for a certain thing, and I was like, that right there is fucking baller. I cannot believe you made that. Like, where where are you hiding this fucking knowledge in your skull? Like. Where does your knowledge in? Like every new fucking frontier that I somehow figure out about, John's already an expert in. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? It's yep. amazing to me. But it's like, you know, and then I don't know. There, he, he that's the see, other thing. I'm no sitting, way. I'm sitting here in this class, right? And people showed up to this class. 
I got my buddy Rick on one side of me, who's like a really legit computer programmer, worked for a lot of big companies, and he's like this fucking mega electronics expert, can like wire up crazy circuit boards. He was working on some like fucking plasma display to fucking put up. I don't know, dude. It was me. Like when John Stanford looks at what you're doing and is like, whoa, that's beyond me. I don't even know what's going on right now. Something's fucking, you're doing something there, right? You know? So like you got that guy on one side and then I got Jim on the other side. Who's like John Stanford of the North, like Northern version of John Stanford. <laughs> who like can do all this carpentry shit, builds all this crazy terrain. Uh, you know, can do all this crazy shit. Then you got like Vince who was talking about, well, I've upgraded my printer here. You know, you could do this with this software. Like I play these video games. I could, you know, all that. And I'm just thinking of like all this knowledge in this room. And I'm like, man, like if you could somehow pull all these people's resources into a fucking project, like the amount of shit you could get done, like what you could build, like you could have like fucking just something crazy. Like, it didn't even really have anything to do with gaming. I was just like, you watch those old shows like Junkyard Wars or whatever. I'm like, this oh, is yeah. my fucking team right here. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Junkyard Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fuck, we could build like, you know, then you ha- we had Scott who just has fucking, you know, crazy ideas. So, you know, I mean, it it would be it'd be on <laughs> wild card. Yeah. Like not not only not only does this fucking ro- ro- death robot rebuilt shoot a rocket. But it explodes into dildo submunitions. Why? Because it can. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? Because go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why also, I gotta point it out that Scott and Vince sat next to each other in class. Oh feel. my god, you were hold hands under the table. <laughs> Probably. Somebody. And also, it was like, if anybody wants to see a Step Brothers two. They should just like hire fucking Scott and Vince to do it because that's exactly what was going on. And also, I can't imagine being like some type of fucking high school teacher and those two like being in the same high school and being split friends. Up. Split <laughs> up. Ah, ah. You know you exactly. That's exact. I had to turn to him. Like I'm a grown, we're grown men, and I had to in a fucking class that I'm hosting that's totally free form and just chaotic. And I had to turn to him like all the time and go shh because I couldn't fucking because they were just going off the rails it was so funny man it you was too. so funny split up. Split up. <laughs> separate separate dude it was such a good time people missed out i mean that class for 50 bucks man you couldn't fucking beat it there's no beating it like if you're interested at all in 3d printing and you missed out on that i won't tell you man you goofed you goofed hard so but um yeah, like I said, I learned a lot. We we met a new dude. We had a just a everybody else I knew, like from somewhere, like Heresy Camp or locals or whatever. Like I'd met them before. We had one just fucking like rando that showed up from Michigan, but he was super cool. Uh, and he's gonna start coming, <laughs> he's gonna start coming down from uh, Michigan and playing some of the events, and he's gonna oh, yeah. try to make it down for Henry's class. Maybe super nice guy. And uh, I feel kind of bad now because. You know, I don't know him or whatever, and he was just like, "Where, where are hotels in the area?" And I'm like, "Well, they're here, here, and here." Um, or if you if you fucking you know don't want hepatitis or bed bugs, ignore this one and go to one of these other two. Um, and that's what he did, and he stayed in a hotel. But now I kind of wish, you know, it's just one of those things you don't know somebody from Michigan, whatever. It's like, <laughs> do you do you really just go, "Eh, you can stay with me," you know, whatever. 
So, and <laughs> Keep if he'd asked, I probably would have said, yeah, like, no problem. Um, but, but then, you know, once he showed up and I met him and all that shit, I, I was like, you know, these guys stayed with me this time. If you want to come down for the painting class, you can fucking crash here. I don't care. Or if, you, you know, you come down on a trip, just let me know so I know to get a bed ready. So, yeah, you know, nothing like fucking strangers sleeping in your house, teaching fucking classes out of your barn. Love it. Dudes meeting dudes. Dudes meeting dudes. Also, the barn worked great as a classroom, I must say. Awesome. It's pretty fucking right on. I'm I'm very happy with how it turned out. Well, I'm happy for your class. I'm happy that all those people had such a good time. And that Scott and Vincenzo got to, you know, <laughs> do whatever they did on their lunch break. Yeah, Chris, Chris Duncan brought his son. His son was on leave from the military. His son's a station out of Colorado and happened to be on leave and just randomly showed up to the 3D printer class and get some 3D printing knowledge, which was pretty fucking awesome. Badass. You so. indie boys, man. Y'all are going to be so like ahead of the game. <laughs> Indy's yeah. like Mecca for, for, uh, for tabletop gaming. So, yeah. Uh, John gave me some ideas for the barn, like shit that like adults think of, like safety stuff. Like the very first thing he went over was like MSDSs and fucking like here's the emergency <laughs> fuck contact information. Here's the address. If I fucking fall over a heart attack, this is what the address you give nine one one. I was like, fuck, why have I never thought of that? Like maybe we should like, you know. And then they're like, uh, where's your fire extinguisher, Ryan? And Kate, uh, don't have one, John. <laughs> I was like. Feel, uh, feel really bad right now. Like these are like adult responsibilities that I have totally shirked. Like I was just excited. <laughs> I was just excited to play with plastic men in my barn, and now you've convinced me that it's like a fucking uh, uh, what's it? Trap. What's it? Yeah, like what's the show where death chases the kids and kills? Final destination, death trap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> is that ceiling fan supposed to be so close to our heads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and then Saturday night we had like an open gaming night after class, you uh-huh. know, and, and I just had my normal game night. So the class ended at like five and then just my normal crew that weren't even taking the class just showed up and mingled with the people taking the class and we just all fucking played games and shit. It was fun. It was real fun. And uh, a couple people had too much to drink and stayed up too late for the class the next day. And there was some like faces <laughs> sliding off the of skulls, but oh, we man. made it. <laughs> a lot of kissing parties <laughs> Kiss, a lot of kissing contests going on <laughs> what do you mean they're downstairs playing spin the bottle <laughs> all of them the, no, uh, just got invinced <laughs> I don't know why I never I never had the mental image of two people playing spin the bottle before <laughs> <laughs> man it didn't pick anybody you might as well spin again <laughs> all right sounds like everybody had a good time it does yep so i i do what i want to take this opportunity to obviously thank john for fucking teaching the class it was awesome and i want i want to thank all my friends for coming out and supporting it and i want to thank thank ted for finding us on fucking facebook and coming down to the class even though you know, you probably could have thought, well, these people in Indiana are going to cut me up and bury me in a cornfield. <laughs> a bunch of strangers. 
uh, I had to warn him because he's like, where's the shop the class is at? I'm like, bro, just did not scare you, but it's totally out of residence. And it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So don't like, you know, you're like driving on, you know, get off the gravel road onto the dirt road. And then like, <laughs> there's going to be a, a cat named Pete. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, you're going to have to give him a toll. <laughs> yeah. You have to go to the pet store, pick up a, a, a mouse <laughs> that they feed the yeah. snake. So, I mean, yeah. do you guys have any other like questions or anything like what went on in the class? Or, I mean, we pretty much covered most of it, I think. Nah, man. Sounds like you like covered most of it. I mean, I saw your projector set up. I saw the picture. So, oh, that's another fucking thing. How cool is John left that projector as a gift for the barn? That's beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah. So <laughs> that's now we have a fucking projector. We got a whiteboard. I'm gonna go get a TV and a camera here soon. <laughs> like a like a big monitor and a camera where we can like you know paint with it projecting up on the the and we're gonna have internet out there soon it's gonna be pretty baller you get michael out there said that's where y'all can stream some tabletop stream yeah. the tabletop you can do that too so the next class if people are interested uh it's sold out but you could maybe beg henry to uh make a spot for you i don't know if he will or not um tell him that you really want to come and you, he should just make Andy come with him and we could torture Andy. Cause I know Andy likes the nightlife. So he probably doesn't want to be in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Indiana, but it is what it is. If he wants to make money, money, anyway. money. Oh, let me find it here. So April 19th through the 21st at the battle barn in Indiana, Henry Steele will be here with cold to paint. If you're in the, southern part of the united states or can't make it to this class and can the next week henry is going to be down there with old michael montalongo in texas april 26th through 28th at the atomic hobby shop in cypress texas atomic hobbies so there are spots available for the texas one uh the indiana one sold out because we're better than texas but um yeah there's Anyway, if we could maybe create an extra spot or two if you're in this area. If you're down there, just go to the one down there. They have spots available. Um, so, one, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th- then the other class that's coming up here is with Matt Kane. It's an advanced brush still- skills and character painting. There are nine spots left out of the 20. So we've sold 11 tickets. There may only be eight. Um, but it's... Uh, it's going to be a really like high end painting class. It's like, uh, so the Hen- Henry's class is like an army vehicle painting class. It's like how to paint a whole army at a decent speed, but still get really, really good results. And people who have seen my death guard army and seen Michael's dust model that he did at camp and seen my like six legged Walker model and my Raven guard, that's kind of what you're going to learn to do. That's basically what the class is. Um, Matt's Henry's class. A fucking great teacher. Yeah. Henry's fucking awesome. To hang out with. So Matt's class is more like painting a like one model that's a little bit larger scale, like a as a as like an something to win an award with, like fucking really spending a shitload of time on one thing and like really blowing it out, like super advanced skills. So it is uh, May twenty second through May twenty sixth coming up. Uh, just you can message me on Facebook or email me at Ryan at Warhammer thirty k dot com if you want details for that or uh, for both of these classes, 
you can go to the Battle Barn on Facebook, and it's the one that's in Martinsville, Indiana. Um, the next class after that, oh, that's all the classes. So right now, so and we need to talk real quick about uh, War Games Camp. We need to have an update. We're only six. Count them six. We need to sell six more tickets by May 12th, and fucking War Games Camp is a go. Six tickets. That's it. Six. Two months left? Yeah. Yeah. Surely we can fucking... That's one ticket a month, or one ticket a week, folks. That's all we need. One ticket a week, and we'll put us over. Trevor got his ticket? Yep. Yeah, I saw his posting. Bring your friends. They'll have a good time. Yeah. It's awesome. We we got a, a War Games Camp Facebook page if you want details, or you can message us or whatever if you want details. So a, a lot of these people that we were talking about on this uh, podcast here, John and Vince and Scott and a lot of my all the my, Jim, a, a lot of my locals, they're all going to camp. So if you want to meet some of these people, pick their brain, hang out with them, play games with them, they will be at the camp. It was ridiculous how much how good of a time it was last year. I almost yep. didn't want to come home. It's a definitely an experience, <laughs> a really good oh, experience. Yeah. Definitely an yep. experience. A lot of so, things you can plan for. A lot of things you can't plan for. Yeah, a lot of things you can't. Now plan with for. less mosquitoes. A lot, like a hundred percent less mosquitoes. I'm not going to say no mosquitoes. Yep. I'm not allowed to say that. I'm not an expert. <laughs> but definitely less mosquitoes it's also the, bar, the barn has actually turned out to be a pretty good place to host gaming too i've had a couple game nights there now we had our 30k event there a lot of kentucky guys came up it was fun and then chris duncan's about to host a really big ass 40k event like 50 people We're gonna have a 50 man 40k event at the barn be hot yeah Mm-mm-mm. So get on that Battle Barn Facebook. Look at all my events. Look at if all the only events. to check out some of the picks because like there's a lot of beautiful armies playing on those tables. A lot of dope shit going on over there. Yep. Every time we have an event or anything like that, I try to remember to take some photos and put like a follow up pick and post up there. Sounds good. You want ready for some emails? Let's hear him. I'm hungry for some emails. All right, so this comes from Matt. It says, latest episode in my growing fantasy erection. Uh, hey, RFI. Hey, I wanted to share a few things. First off, fuck your hype on old fantasy. My wallet is whispering to order square bases. Right after I just started Sigmar, as there's very little old fantasy left up here. That said, I did find in a fan-done supplement for Age of Sigmar, game thoughts aside, that uses the new rules but the narrative emissions from the end times. Uh, so yeah, dude, uh, I actually looked at chaos dwarves today from like the old forge world chaos ones. And, uh, I don't know, man, like, uh, I don't want to paint a lot of models and I was really hyped on the dwarves because like most of them don't have skin that you can see. They have these like fully enclosed helmets and shit like that. Yeah. Remember those old chaos dwarves? Yeah. Yep. And so I was kind of like, man, I could really paint these dudes in that like, stealth flat black like that uh that i have that i painted all my um sisters of battle or sisters of silence uh inquisitors in and like i can do like basically i can do like osl on their eyes for like lava underneath and shit like that 
and so just make it like glow and stuff like that. So I was like, kind of like, yeah, I could do this. And I found a, a, a person who sells those models. So I don't know. I was thinking about it slowly, slowly looking at different things. Uh, so anyway, he says now for another story, another, uh, now for another joys of substitute teaching story. Uh, one of my newer high schools up here was being built next to a YMCA rec center. So figured they didn't need their own high school gym. What? <laughs> do you know what dudes used to do with YMCAs? The YMCA will just be cool with us using their facilities as a school gym. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it turns out that YMCA parking lot was a hotbed for coke and heroin trafficking. <laughs> Which Whoa. the kids were now getting hired into. <laughs> including using the school library as drug sales den. I found out all of this when a few police officers came into a social 12 class uh, I was subbing for and escorted the student out unwillingly till the taser came out. Uh, I have since been to that school in a ton, a ton, and they have their own school cop and mobile van van parked at the Y for show. Uh, Cube of the great work, Matt, sent from my iPhone. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. That's fucking wild. Uh, yeah, dude, for real. Scott's not here to talk about his fantasy stuff. That was another thing, Vince making fun of Scott for fantasy, which was pretty good. That was an ongoing theme of the weekend. What's Scott's fantasy page? It's Wizards, Wizards yep. War Game. What is it? It's a uh, Wizards. Oh my god, Wizards Warhammer fantasy fantasy page. Yeah. Okay. So check out Scott's check out. Uh, fantasy. Uh, page and then uh, the Eye of Horus guys do a uh, old school fantasy podcast and then uh, there's one is it based out of the UK or is it based out of Sweden? I think it's based out of Sweden. the the one in the one in Europe that does the old fantasy stuff does sixth edition and then Tim's podcast does eighth edition, I believe. And then Scott does what ninth? No Scott. I think is wanting to do eighth. I think. Okay. I don't know. I think that's what he said. All right. So this next email comes from Ron. This says RFI horrific opossum story. I'm guessing he's from Australia. Whatever. Howdy, good sirs. Howdy, Ron. Since your way back machines to episode 89, the Imperial Fist episodes, you were in the midst of bear attack stories and scott asked for stories on other subjects like opossums well fast forward a year and i have met the most horrific attack story involving an opossum in the history of horrific attack stories god damn it michael i'm gonna scare (laughs) you hold your breath or something what are you doing i can't do it man it's it's a medical condition it's pretty rude that you even brought it up Probably because your insides are rotten from not wearing any gloves and fucking with that printer. Yeah, dude. You probably insides are mostly resin. Probably eating chicken wings and sucking that shit off his fingers with that (laughs) resin mixed in with it. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, my life. Go ahead. Uh, okay. I have the most horrific attack story. Polar bears in Kentucky (laughs) Raccoon. I got you. I'm nervous, so I'm yawning. Polar bears and Kentucky raccoons ain't got shit on tarantula versus opossum. But first, a little background. There is nothing more tainted by chaos or Satan than spiders. I hate spiders. I wouldn't even see arachnophobia. Uh, when a chaos space marine sprouted legs, I stopped reading the Soul Drinker's omnibus and never finished it. Spiders absolutely suck. So the fa- Dude, he stopped reading a book 
because one of the Chaos Space Marines turned into a spider. That's real. Uh, Soul Drink is ominous and never finished it. Spiders absolutely suck. So the following story of a dinner plate-sized tarantula carrying off an opossum is about the worst thing that can happen. Once this beast has gotten the taste of mammal blood, there's no telling which will be his next victim. Keep it real, RFI gents, and keep a full mag in your M4. Uh, Stuff of Nightmares, biologists share first video of dinner-sized plate tarantula tasting opossum. Oh, dude, I'm a little bit worried to watch this now. Oh, I, I sent you guys this link. You sent us this video? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a big fucking spire. Holy shit. Bugs will no longer suffice. <laughs> so the opossum looks like a rat. The the possums from the southern hemisphere are different than the ones that we have up here. What? Y'all have different opossums? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Southern oh, hemisphere. Southern hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Type in, like, Those Australian cute, possum. Yeah, and the cute possums. Too. Yeah, we have yeah. hell rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> they have, like, adorable, like, adopt the possum and all this stuff. Yeah. We have the ones that hiss at you. And, and they'll they'll take you out to the parking lot of the YMCA and fucking shank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll you'll go down to the YMCA and they'll try and sell you heroin for sure. So that's pretty fucking crazy. That's a big fucking spider. Yeah. If you're in another continent and you're like, oh, possums, no big deal. Our possums probably look like your possums on meth. Yeah. Our possums are rough. They don't like the whole fucking having rabies things is a myth, but kind of sucks. They're not they're really just, aggressive either. They they. Like, you can watch a ton of videos where people can mess with them, whatever. They kind of open their mouth and hiss like they're going to bite, but they're not really aggressive. They're super, yeah. super, like, uh, misunderstood because they're so fucking ugly. <laughs> yeah. It, it probably was a good evolution because a lot of less things fuck with them. But then when stuff like, you know, when now we evolved hatred, like, for stuff <laughs> that, like... Was like have, you, have you seen the video of like the guy? It's it's like the video on YouTube. It's like guy pets possum in a field, and it's like the guy that does it reminds me of Jake Bussey for some reason. I can just imagine his like silly Tennessee ass like <laughs> chasing around a possum in a field, like trying to pet its head because he's like, "Come here, possum! Come here!" And he's like just chasing this <laughs> possum, and it's just hissing at him, like trying to fucking get away, and like looks like it's about to rip his leg off. He's like, "You're being mean." Come on, let me pet you. And he finally gets to pet it. He just fucking wears his possum out. And next thing you know, he's scratching its head. And it just gonna look like looks totally confused as to what the fuck's going on. <laughs> this fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I don't want to fight this giant beast. Yeah. So <laughs> go to show. YouTube. Sorry, Jake, if you listen to this. But it does remind me. You're, the first time I watched that video, I was like, this fucking so reminds me of Jake. It's just like dude pets possum in field or dude tries to pet possum or guy tries to pet possum. It's pretty funny. Guy tries to. I think that's fair possum. after his uh pet. after his groundhog story and his goat the goat busting on his belly story. <laughs> Crazy guy pets a wild possum. That's it right there. Just play the audio. The audio is great. This kind of looks like found footage. That possum's like, don't look at him. He'll just leave. Yeah. Just keep walking. Just keep When he starts walking. talking to it, reminds me of Jake. It 
It's like, hello, sir. Thank you. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it looks absolutely like, terrifying with its mouth all yeah. wide open like that. Yeah, jaw open, just smiling. <laughs> hey, there he is. Oh, damn, I almost got him that time. Man, this is a main cat. <laughs> Come here. My name is Main Food. Hey, I'm just trying to pet you. <laughs> hey, it's okay. They finally left me Scratching him with a stick. Yeah, and then he drops the stick and uses his hand. <laughs> he puts it. his mouth out. He's like, oh, that's nice. That's yeah. So <laughs> what do you got here? You gonna bite that? He won't even bite the stick bite straight in his mouth. <laughs> hey. I gotta see this. Look. Yeah. Good possum, ain't you? <laughs> Alright, buddy. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. I just walked off. <laughs> you wanna come with me? Huh? You're straight on. up petting that box. Alright. Pet you one more time. Hey, I'm not gonna hurt you. Then <laughs> let them pet him. Yeah. We already established this. That possum's like, are you a fae? <laughs> are, you some, are you some sort of druid of the past? But so I'll be I'll be real here. The first time I saw that video it was posted on the MMA Underground, and it just says "crazy guy tries to pet possum." So I thought, oh, this is like somebody's losing fingers. Of course, I'm watching that, and that's and that's why I'm watching videos. The video. So I literally watched it all the way to the end. And the first time I was supremely disappointed because there was no biting or blood or whatever. But then I rewatched it and just appreciated it for what it was. You know what I mean? It's pretty much what you got to do, man. I watched that one where that dude tried to pet that raccoon and it fucked him up. And there's that one where the dude tried four foot at him. Like he's just yeah. like books it like straight out the, be- the best like video of a person like doing something to an animal and then it retaliating is the fucking two asian dudes i think they're tie they're tie people and he throws his fucking flip-flop at that monkey on the motorcycle oh and yeah it- but the 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 best part of that video for one they're drunk so the guy filming is drunk as fuck and his buddy is literally having a legit fist fight with a monkey that's about a foot tall like one of those like little macaques or something and they're like literally the guy falls over and he's on his knees. So this monkey is about up to his chin while he's sitting on his knees. 
because he's this little dude from Thailand, and they're literally throwing haymakers at each other, him and this monkey, like how you would fight a person. And at one point, the guy stops and grabs a handful of sand and flings it in the monkey's <laughs> face, like Michael's secret move, the fucking pocket sand move. Right. And then it, then the monkey jumps on him and he fucking hurls it into a pond. Like, and the the guy filming is laughing so hard and like screaming like encouragement in like Thai at the fight while giggling. It is one of the best videos I've ever seen. I sent that to Scott, and I'm like, Scott, this has everything you love. It's got fucking fighting in it. It's got, it's got fucking pocket fighting. sand. It's got Asians yelling. It's got flip-flop throwing. It's got fucking everything. This is why they put cameras on phones. Yeah. So that they can be accessible everywhere. So we can get every piece of golden like yeah. video out there. There's videos like that on the internet that we haven't even discovered yet. Some little... Taiwanese dude posted up online <laughs> that has hasn't made it hasn't made it to the states yet. So look forward to that for real. That's the future. But that's gonna be it for emails, there, buddy. You got anything else you want to say before we close this one out? No, this man. Just pretty, check out thick episode. Yep, check out my Battle Barn page for events. Uh, uh, check out the uh, War Games Camp Facebook if you're interested in War Games Camp. Um, you know, su- support these classes, man, because these instructors they they put a lot into them. Uh, like Matt and Henry are flying in from overseas. John flew all the way up here from Texas. Henry's flying from here to Texas after flying here from overseas. You know, you want to sell sell tickets. You know, for these guys to keep them doing what they're doing, keep spreading this knowledge around. Show, dude. For sure. Hell yeah. Until we get 3D printers that can just print out in color. Yeah. <laughs> For with shadows. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Later. Bye.